0: Hello, this is Nick Staff, and you are listening to Wrestling Cheers Podcast. Life is a ride, and you're still my baby girl.
1: Out you wanna go where everybody knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when we're at the dumpster. This is Wrestling Cheers. We like to talk about things going on in on the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we have interviews along the way. This is an interview with formerly known as the Abominable CPA, but none other than Nick Stapp. I am your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe your ever listens fine podcast whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, Wrestling Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, twitter.com slash wrestling cheers at Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers email. If you so choose a desire rest and cheers at gmail.com and we have the merch store over at Wardmaneuver.net. Like I said, this is an interview with Nick Stapp and we have him on the line. What's on tap, Nick?
0: Hi, how are you? I'm at a pay phone right now. Uh, I was able to find one with, with I, I, I sanitized it and everything. I'm good though. How are you? Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for coming on, man. Like it's, it's been great. Like getting to know you a little bit more over, over the last year. And um, I think, what what AIW show did you debut at again?
0: So I officially debuted at the Rubber City Con show. Okay. Um, but I was in like a pre-show match. Yeah. So while a lot of people were at that show, not a lot of people were there for the pre-show. Um, so I guess the first time you probably would have seen me was at the was uh the I think it was like the first Odeon show in May last year. Keep their head ring. Yes, yes, yes. I was, I was like, I think it was called cool. Keep Your Heads Ringing, but uh, I yeah. don't have, have like to yeah.
1: I remember, uh, I, I don't think, I think I missed you at Akron uh, RubberCon because yeah. I think because like you were in a tag match and I think right when that happened, I might've ran to the store to get toilet paper as crazy as like, as relevant yeah. that sounds
0: now. You were ahead, of, you were ahead <laughs> of and flattening the curve, even at the time.
1: <laughs> but yeah, well, because you were about to throw it at Dr. Dan that night. Um, <laughs> so I know I had to duck out at some point. I think it was that match, because that's the only one that I missed. And Because that was not against, like, two Booker T students?
0: Yeah, uh, Mick Drake and Devin Driscoll, I think, were the other two guys. Yeah. It was me and Bobby Orlando.
1: So there was that, and... Not I felt like not many people knew who you or probably Bobby Orlando was, so I'd never really heard your names again up until I started listening to the Major Wrestling Figure podcast, and then there would be a uh ad or commercial where I would hear your name from time to time, and then like when you came out, I was like, "Oh CPA, I've heard of this dude." Okay, <laughs> cool, and like you got over instantly. Like, like I've heard you talk about that night on off the hop rope and it's it's funny because like I, I would i listened to it recently and i think you didn't think you got over as well as you did that night
0: yeah i guess that that's more of a reflection on me where i was like all right i think it went well but i don't want to like gas myself up too much so i was like all right it went it went better than i thought it was going to i don't want to get too ahead of myself so let me just say it went okay
1: i think it went, it went really well I, mm-hmm. I don't remember everybody else in that match, but I think your debut, like, we could, you could debut in AIW and, like, nobody cares. So, whenever you disappeared a couple months later, it doesn't matter. But you was just like, oh, CPA. Boom. Here he is. Yeah. And I think with the whole Taylor Swift shirt thing, I think that was like, all right, like, this guy's going to be awesome. This guy's going to fit well in AIW. <laughs>
0: that that was a really weird transition period for me I, I guess i'm still in a transition period but that was like you were you were, you were watching your it was you guys were it was like you guys were watching like the encino man version of a wrestler where i was like frozen in ice for five years as like a guy wrestling in a pink button-down shirt who didn't know what to do with himself and was just learning how to like do wrestling moves basically <laughs>
1: I think one thing that I got really fascinated by by listening to back episodes of Off the Hop Rope is that you are one of those wrestlers that do what kind of – you do what needs to be done to get booked. And I don't know how many episodes I'd listen to and you'd be like, oh, uh, going to AIW this week, I'm not booked. Or, oh, I went to AIW last week, I didn't really get a match, blah, 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 blah. And then to actually get up to Keep Their Heads Ringing – like hear the before and after like when i heard the before you'd like yep i'm gonna go there i don't really have a match i'm like oh you will you definitely will <laughs> so it was really cool to like hear the like the, like that was my my official introduction to you so i knew like okay after this i knew who he was and you know we've we've grown from there but man like what what possessed you to keep coming to aiw like what where did, um, where did that begin
0: so the AIW just—I did have like kind of a weird fascination with AIW because like Hawkins, when he was on was on the Indies last time, he used—he was on every show, and I would see the flyers, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like they get—they bring in like Dan Severn and like Bunkhouse Buck, and like all these people—people people that I'm like, like weirdly fascinated with—and I kept talking to him, and I was like, "Dude, I'm gonna come with you one of these days," but like it just never worked out because like either, um it would either be a a problem with you know I had another show or I had something to do or whatever Um, so like it never worked out and I think they started flying him in so like that was kind of out of the question obviously unless he's going to like stow me away in his luggage um, which I'm not opposed to Um, um, but it just like never worked out and then I guess like MJ like Max started wrestling there and I would always be like oh like are you I think he drove there like once or twice and then he started flying and so that like kind of took that out of the equation it was just a whole thing where like so i think i spoke to Thorne about this recently the first time i messaged him and this is absolutely insane and like kind of i don't know it doesn't i it doesn't make me question myself but i'm sure it would make like a normal human being question me so Thorne, i was like facebook friends with Thorne. like i'd never met him i would never really interacted with him um he had posted something in like i want to say maybe like march or april of like 2017 he's like hey uh if any local guys want to do a birthday party show tomorrow hit me up or it it wasn't tomorrow it was like a few days in a few days so i messaged him i said hey i know i live in new york but i'm willing to come out to do this birthday party show if you don't mind an outsider coming in uh i didn't really i I think i might have mentioned that i trained with hawkins but he just like he didn't i don't think he, he never read it uh, um, so, but I was like, I understand that cause I listened to the podcast and I knew that he wasn't like, a, he wasn't a guy that you just like send an unsolicited message to. And then like, you know, he's going to get back to, you. um, so like for a while, though like AIW was like a place I wanted to go and like, I kind of like kept up with the, their product a little bit. And I was like, man, this place looks fucking great. And plus like, um, at the time, I and I mean, I'm still like evolving towards it. But like, at the time, I was like really starting to get into like, I, I guess like a more like a more like rough style of like indie wrestling, like getting into doing stuff like, like that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, this is like the perfect place for me to like crash and burn and try shit out, you know? Like as far as like having a harder st- style of wrestling and just like not like harder, I'm not not like strong style you know all japan 90s stuff but just you know just like doing more stuff and like just being being more uh i don't know i guess just having more fun with wrestling because i had done the comedy stuff for so long and i was starting to get like kind of tired of it Mm -hmm. and i wanted to expand a little bit And i was like i had done a few kind of not necessarily like crazy like indie you know like just like balls to the wall crazy matches but i had toyed with them a little bit and i was like man this is fun like you just like it's more of a rush than just like going out there and like again like doing comedy stuff and like you have to get the timing right with it right with everything with this like you just have to like i don't know i was like i think i have like enough uh no pun intended like intensity to like do this sort of stuff and plus like i just got like i had like kind of a fire lit under my ass from like you know like a lot of places in the northeast like kind of ignored me and just like I wasn't really, like, getting anywhere with any of them. So I was like, man, like, I'm ready. Like, my body is ready to, you know, to do more stuff and just, like, kind of just throw everything I've been doing out the window, basically. Um, so, yeah, like, my first time going there, I messaged Thorne a few days before. And I was like, hey, uh, I trained with Hawkins. Uh, I'm going be, gonna to be coming down there with another guy who trains with him, you know, just to help out. Whatever happens, happens and thorn like almost immediately responded he was like oh cool man yeah uh we might have a match for you and i was like oh all right that's cool whatever no big deal um like i wasn't expecting anything out of it and like bobby and i got there like we were like one of the first people was there actually another thing that helped was i was on a show with dr dan like yes a month before that and i had asked him about it because he knew me for some reason like he knew who i was or like maybe he had just watched my match that night or whatever i don't know it was very weird but like I was like, hey, you wrestle for IW, right? He's like, yeah. I'm like, is that like, do you think like Thorne would be like cool with it if I just like showed up? He's like, yeah, of course, of course. I don't think he's gonna turn down help. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, because like I want to start going there and I want I want to like you know wrestle there, uh, but like I don't know, I know he's he doesn't just like book guys sight unseen. He's like, yeah, dude, just show up. He'll he'll definitely like it'll go a lot further than you just messaging him. So I did that and like Thorne like instantly like appreciated Bobby and I a lot more for doing that. And we had shown up a few times and like nothing really happened, but I was just like, you know, whatever. Like he knows I'm here. Like, I'm not just here to like pick up a board and then, and then like, you know uh, you know, like show my ass. So to, so to, you know, so to speak, like I'm here because I fucking want to be here, you know? Um, So yeah, it was just like a really weird kind of like bucket list place. And then like, once I, once I did like the, the The Akron show was cool. Uh, I gave myself a concussion during my match. So I didn't really get to enjoy it as much as I probably could have. Um, but like the Odeon show, I was like, oh, I got it. Like this is this is a place I, I want to be. Like hundred, like I want, I need to be at this place like regularly. I, that like that show and the crowd and like the energy. And I was like, yeah, I want, I need to be here. Like I like, I need to, I need to like make this a place, you know. And like it, it's not. I mean, of course, yeah. Like AIW is a springboard to a lot of other things for a lot of people. But again, like it's just a cool spot to be for me. So that's why I was kind of aspiring towards it. And it's, it's opened up other cool opportunities and uh, you know, Twitter followers and such. So yeah, it's been, I'd say it's paid off. I just need to do more, I guess, once we're allowed to touch each other again.
1: (laughs) A.W. is definitely a springboard for a lot of people, but I, I definitely think that it, it's not a guarantee because I've seen, you know, people come through here and, and not amount to shit. And I've seen people come in here and, you know, you know, keep going and excel at it. But you you got to debut at the first Odeon show. like, mm-hmm. And I want to say you were the first match. Uh,
0: I think we were. If I'm not mistaken. We weren't the first I think We were like the third match. We were early in the show, but we weren't. We weren't first because I think what was first? no. We, we I think yeah. I think we were like third.
1: It felt early to me, like me.
0: It was it was very early. But yeah. was
1: there was there pre show matches or here's no. The
0: thing. I think I think we're all...
1: as someone who goes to a lot of shows, they all start to blur yes, unless there was I like unless there's things that stand out. So I'm like I remember I remember that fairly early, but the, oh wait a minute. Then again, that was the show of a bunch of. Uh, not a bunch. One big cancellation that led to like yes. one big sc- scramble of matches, and then ironically enough, you did get thrown into the scramble. So I think that's mm-hmm. what maybe it's that's what it was for me. It was like, okay, I want to say Matt we were Cross. third.
0: I just I just looked it okay. up. Okay,
1: Matt Cross was supposed to yeah. be in that match. Maybe that's what I'm thinking.
0: Yes, Matt Cross is originally supposed to be in it, and then end up being Jollyville. Fuck, it's against euthanasia in the opener.
1: Yeah. So that led an yeah. opening to that match, so that when you came out, okay. Still early. Yeah. It, it was early enough, and um, mm-hmm. like I said, it's, like, one of the only things I, I remember from that match. Because like, I think I love it when new people debut, and I think especially, like, we look at you kind of, I mean, not you, you led, because maybe it goes more towards MJF, but after that, like, you were the first person after that of, like, all these creative pro wrestlers who have started to, like, come in one by one and like to even to the point where we had team AIW versus team creative pro. And I was the only one rooting yeah. for team creative pro. Cause I, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I loved everybody, we were, but I'm like, f- I'm like, they got bear country. F- fuck. I'm like, look at them.
0: Yeah. They have Bear country VSK and then some fucking hairy dude. Um, it's like, I guess, I guess to some, to some, some people like kind of make like a joke out of it. But for me, like when I was, when I was like aspiring to get, like I kind of wrestled for a little while. I, it doesn't even really count, but like I kind of wrestled when I, like I kind of trained a little bit when I was like 14, but it doesn't really count, but it kind of does. Cause like, you know, I sort of knew how to do stuff, not anything really good, but, um, but when I was like in my years between doing that and then actually getting into wrestling properly, you know, like I, the guys I looked at a lot were like punk and cabana and they used to used to drive everywhere. Like they used to make entire weekend loops out of, of like, all right, we're going to go to Cleveland. Then we're going to go to Philly. Then we're going to catch something on the way back and in whatever, Indiana or something like that. Yeah. So to me, that's like, all right, well, you know, like if nobody's and it's not like I'm in a dead area. It's just that I, I don't know, I guess because I did like goofy comedy shit for a long time like people aren't as uh weren't weren't as willing to reach out to have me on their shows so i just had to like put myself in front of them and i feel like i get like punk and cabana and like hero and guys like that used to do that all the time like they just did it like it wasn't even a thought and so i don't know to me it was just kind of a normal thing i was like well nobody like it's not like my inbox is blown up so i gotta go put myself in front of the people you know so what am i gonna do i'm gonna sit at home and like and like touch myself and like feel bad for myself that I'm not getting booked or I'm going to go get booked, you know? So I don't know. That's just me. I I feel like Bobby Orlando and I, even though he is some years younger than me, I feel like him and I kind of like started a trend in that school where it was like, no guys, it's okay to just drive to shows even if you're not on there. Cause then, you know, like obviously fair country has had slightly more success than me, but they, you know, they're much bigger and, you know, I guess, uh, uh, more talented than me in some areas. So yeah, I mean that's fine. But like I, I feel like we started like kind of trend of guys being like, oh no, it's okay. Like MJF used to do it, but he was literally doing it by himself for the most part. I think he like he did like C Z W like Dojo wars but like once he broke out, like he broke out, like he was pretty much on his own. Um yeah, like I don't know. I just feel like if you're not getting on shows, like look at the one dude, um what's his name? Uh Charlie Tiger, like he. Does that every weekend like that's just what he does you know and like he's getting out there a little bit so um you know like uh uh if they don't know if they don't know who you are fucking go let them know you know
1: yeah it's one of those things that success isn't overnight and like you you got to put your your time and energy into, and like i think it's really cool to see wrestlers that do that especially when they they stop in in this area and i get to learn who they are and i think you are are definitely one of those examples. And yeah, it, it takes people to just go like, all right, I'm going to go here and I'm going to put myself in front of a new audience. And like I said, like when you debuted, like to me, that felt like a great fit so reminds me of um, Levi Everett. Like as soon as I, yes. I got to see him, I was, I told people, I was like, I, I think he'd do great in AIW. And mm-hmm. eventually he, he got that chance and it, it took it took a couple matches for everybody to warm up, but I think when he was thrown on pre-show matches when there's like meet and greets going on, like sometimes you aren't there. Like, um, God, his first show with Kevin Nash, like there's a lot of people wrapped up yeah. in that and maybe not paying attention to who he was. Uh, after that, he did a pre-show match uh, for Baby It's Too Cold Outside. Yep. ICP had their big meet and greet, which you went up the steps and everything. So I remember when I heard his music. I was like, fuck, I'm missing this match. So God, when he finally got that shot, like I I yeah. I was thinking about this recently, him last I mean, him this year as in like from the last absolution to this, next one if we get one, is similar to you of uh we didn't know who you were, we got to see you, and I think you clicked with us, and I think he's there too.
0: Oh, he's 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 I'd I'd say just because So, like, if I had come to AIW in, like, whatever, let's say 2016 or 17, when I was, like, in full, like, awkward CPA, like, uh, just weird mode that I was in at the time, like, it probably would have been similar. Maybe not as, not as fast. But, yeah, like, he has, he's already there. Like, I think he's already there as far as, like, you know, people want to see him on shows. um, Just because it's so it's so unique and it's such a weird thing and it's not just like a wrestling character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So I think that like he has that going for him. Definitely.
1: He has the benefit of, he's only going to be ever compared to one wrestler and that's roadkill.
0: Yeah. And that's like such a loose comparison. It's literally just like word association.
1: So there's like, there's plenty uh, of room for him to grow. And that's why I'm, when we get back to everything, like that's one dude. I, cannot wait to see and uh, very similar to you of the fact of he was somebody who traveled to shows like I remember mm-hmm. the, like the first show actually I think it, I want to say it was an Akron show no it wasn't an Akron show uh, it was uh, it might have been Absolution but I saw him helping out him and Tankman and I was just like yeah that, that's fucking awesome like I was so happy to see both of them there I'm like oh this if they keep at this this means they might get a pre-show match here there. there there might get a shot and uh, they both have
0: tankman's fucking great too he's tremendous like a lot of i i wish i wish more people had the the, the fire under them ass to like some of those uh, some of those like indiana dudes to have because they just like drive fucking anywhere and it's insane but love to see it man love to see it
1: i'm very interested in indiana right now um you got you know guys like tankman you got um levi and then you get mm-hmm. like the combination of the lost boys and ifhy yes and like the, the, that's a lot of young talent and like
0: really young though yeah
1: yeah and they're they're gonna keep fucking going i the mm-hmm. one that i always point out of like god if more wrestlers could be like her that's billy starks yeah like i've Looked at, gosh, they had posted like how many like states she's wrestled in, and I'm thinking like, guys, she's a teenager. What is your excuse?
0: How old, how old is she? Is I, she like eighteen?
1: I know, but I'm not. I'm not gonna say because they're not. But they oh, okay, that's fun. Mouse has been on interviews and like he basically will state she's in high school. So that's the basis that we're getting right now. So the way I look at it, like she's she's a hard worker. And she's traveled to all these different states because, like, passion and yeah. you know everything. And like, I think she's shown up to shows. Like, actually, she showed up to like the Akron show, one of them. And like, she just helped out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't see a lot, a lot of wrestlers doing that that live within the area. But you know, she's going, you know, state to state to state, and it's like, all right, dude, um, what's your excuse? You're not, you're not getting yourself out there on Twitter. You're not going to all these <laughs> other places, but she is.
0: Yeah, I think that's it. It, Like, I know guys who are super talented and like young and they have like all this potential. But like their Twitter is literally just them retweeting shows that they're on and they just don't like try. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like if I was if I started wrestling when I was I was like 19 when I didn't have like bills and a job and shit, I would I would never be home. I would never be home. I'd have no reason to be home. Like I, like I would be, if I was 19 right now, I'd probably, I'd literally, I'd be living at like service areas and I know that would probably be really dangerous, but, um, <laughs> like I'd have, I had like, a, I didn't have anything going for me when I was 19. I had a girlfriend and I worked at stop and shop. Like the, I, I would have been, I, I'd, I'd be like, all right, mom, I'll, t- I'll I'll see you later. Like, I don't need to be here. You know, like there's just like, unfortunately now I have like things to take care of in New York, but like any 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 even slight excuse i get to not do that i will take it and i'm in and i'm more or less a fully grown adult at least in um at least in you know years alive but um yeah i don't i mean again like i love seeing shit like that like uh just younger people getting out there and just like trying like i so I, I don't know. Um, I don't want to like. I don't want to hijack the conversation, but um, <laughs> like my first two and a half, basically until I started becoming like kind of close with Hawkins in like late 2015, or early 2016, I was like dog shit terrified to do shows outside of New Jersey and New York because I was like, and like shows that were run by either Pat Buck or Kurt Hawkins because I was like I'm not good enough to be on those shows. Like I suck. You know, um, and then I just got like bored of wrestling once a month. I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta go do something. Plus like I had, I had a car to jump in cause Brian was booked every weekend. So if it was driving distance, I was like, all right, uh, I'm going to go with him. Cause I don't really have anything else to do. And yes, I had a girlfriend at the time, but that's, you know, obviously that didn't work out. So whatever, that problem worked itself out. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, I just, I, I think 2017 and I, so there was a short period of time where I regretted doing all this. And I I guess I could have probably, probably like spared myself a little heartache and like aggravation. But I think in 2017, I wrestled them like something stupid. Like it's it's not that impressive, but considering I did this all on just like networking and reaching out to places and just like showing up and hoping for the best. I wrestled them like, like 16 states and i had like 105 matches and that was literally just like yeah like i had like wrestle pro and creative pro and like blitzkrieg and places that i was already at but a lot of that was just like me hitting places up and being like hey i want to wrestle like do you have anything for me can you throw me a few bucks you know like and i was like pretty much a full out like a whole ass adult by that point um so but yeah like i don't i don't know i don't like see i don't see any reason why like if you want to do stuff unless you're like, like unless you're like 20 and like insanely t- and like even like max, like he wrestled in as, like Regal and this one, and that one. And they were like, Oh, you're like, Oh, you're great. Just keep at it. But he like, wasn't satisfied with that. So he like kept going and he probably would have gotten something eventually anyway, but he just expedited it, you know, whereas I was pretty much told you're fucking terrible by a lot of people. And i still kept going, which I don't know what that says about me, but, um, yeah, like, I like, I don't know. I just, if you want to like do something in wrestling, I don't really see why you're like not trying at least, you know. How's that dropkick? It's great. Hell of a dropkick. <laughs> oh, I'm so sad he got he got let go. Yeah, that's
1: such a sad week last week with everybody being let go. Um kind of don't want to delve too much into it. Obviously, you know, Brian no, no, no. Brian Myers being one of them. Um
0: I think that's kind well, of I, a, I'm just it. I, I will say and so I don't mean to cut you off. Sorry. I, I will say like if wrestling was happening right now, a, they probably wouldn't have gotten released, but like be like Brian, Brian and Ryder would be like, I think Thorne tweeted someone tweeted it. Like they'd be booked until like next Christmas. Like there's no, like those guys have kept themselves so relevant that there's like no way they wouldn't be busy. like the first, like, Brian wasn't even really, like, on anyone's radar in 2014 when he got released. And, like, literally, I think he got released on, like, a Tuesday or Wednesday. And, like, that Friday night he had a show. You know what I mean? So, like, Mm -hmm. it's all about just, like, keeping yourself there. Like, Drake Maverick and EC3, like, all those guys would have shows this weekend if this were, like, a normal time period. So, that's, like, like, it sucks because it's happening. But, like, it's also, it's kind of like a testament to them that, like, even though they've been given such a sh- hand like they could have made the most out of it if it was a normal situation yeah
1: i think with uh with brian like he's been through this before which sucks that he has to go through it again yeah and like he was one of the first names i heard when everything first started coming out and i was like oh fuck man and then i was like are they gonna release Ryder or now he's actually going by you know matt i'm like oh shit so now that's that i mean that's obviously happened too and <laughs> There's a part of me that wants all this to go back to normal quick and I try to it's to find the right way to put it. I would love for my own like personal reasons like maybe when this is all said and done they don't go back cuz I don't know how many could that be possible for where everything goes back to normal and then WWE calls like hey we can use you now.
0: Yeah, I think I think certain guys are really excited to just start start anew. Like Brian's like Brian is like so stoked to just like start new again. Um, it's not an ideal situation, but he also knows that if it were normal circumstances right now, he'd already be he'd be booked solid for the end of the till through the end of the year. So like, yeah, it's I think a lot of guys are just like really excited to uh, start normal, you know, like start start new, start fresh. So like, Ryder had a new shirt literally. 18 seconds after they announced it so i mean that 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 says a lot about how ready everyone was
1: (laughs) and with him i mean because just like listening to the show and being in the patreon group with him the dude could be very like anal about stuff and very just um you know just detail oriented and he what i heard him uh, not heard him say i think it was like he said in a comment on instagram that's i don't know if it's going viral or not but i got a chuckle out of it but he basically said like soon as he heard this was happening. He had that design made. He had, and then he had his pro wrestling T's design, uh, store like ready to open because, like, he he kind of like figured it was coming for him and just mm-hmm. jumped because, like, he it was a little while later before I heard his name. And he said, before he got a phone call, he went and like did all that shit.
0: Oh man, that's great. Like, that's I don't know that that gives me, uh, again, it's a really, really shitty situation. Um, but. It's just like it's it's very heartwarming to see that people are like adapting to it so quickly,
1: and especially with him, he's been in w w e for fucking fourteen years or fifteen somewhere around there,
0: yeah, it's like fifteen now, yeah,
1: like that's a long ass time, and to just jump right into it, but I think he has the benefit, and I don't know if he's he's come out and said this or anything, but like Brian went through it all, so he knows a little bit, you know, swaggle went through it all, so he's seen a lot of his friends go through it Mm -hmm. and he probably paid attention to a lot of the steps that they did and he he's the better off for it and i think that i like too that the fact that they did start that podcast because that that put them out there more and because like we we all knew zach from like his youtube show and like that's where i first fell in love with him and then uh like you know that eventually you know he was just you know main event show kind of guy like he was you know dark matches and all that kind of stuff and to me like i've always liked brian uh especially when he was you know he was coming to aiw like it Mm -hmm. was so cool to see him here (laughs) so hearing them and like talk about like collecting and all the stuff which really got me back into it got me collecting hasbros again (laughs) um the black pants Shawn michaels on my wall
0: (laughs) Uh, a tear to my eye
1: with a tear in my eye
0: (laughs) put a tear tear in robert gibson's glass eye
1: (laughs) but um yeah they got it got me like collecting again i think there's they've built up their fan base i mean granted it's always i think it's always been there and but they finally found a way to like get everybody together so like when this happened like everybody was ready and like we knew where to go support them like that that's i even think that that patreon group like I wouldn't want to know the day-to-day stats of, like, new Patreon members, especially within that couple days, because I think it went from, like, 900 members to 1,100.
0: Yeah, I can, I can confirm without giving numbers that it was insane, the amount of people who are in there now, like, new people.
1: It's awesome to see. That's one thing I love about um, <laughs> wrestling, when, when we get to these moments. Where, I mean, whether it be, you know, people getting, you know, fired from WWE or whatever, because I feel like it's a weird deja vu moment because outside of, you know, a guy like Brian Myers and a guy like EC3, um, seen this a lot and you always kind of rally around those guys, especially now. Yeah. But when anything happens, it's even outside of that. Like, uh, I know you weren't around at that time, but Biggins, like, and I think Biggins would have fucking loved you.
0: I'm so sad I never got to meet him because he's, I like just from he listening to the podcast, he sounded like he sounded like my type of people. <laughs>
1: uh, well, especially because he loved uh, Southern wrestling, love Memphis yeah. and everything. Oh my God. Especially if you would have been around during the, the bunkhouse buck era. Like, I think that's, <laughs> that's when you would have loved it. You'd be like, oh my God.
0: That's like what got me into AIW. That's what made me want to be there, honestly. Like, and Absolution, when he was there, like Dom didn't know I was showing up and Dom was like, if I would have known you were showing up, I would have, I would have made something happen with you guys. Cause like, it's just too perfect that you're here and he's here. Um, yeah, like that's, that's what got me. And that's what made me want to go to AIW just cause like looking at the people that they were bringing in, um, like they weren't just bringing in like the same people that everyone else was like, they were like reaching into some weird pockets of, of wrestling past and like making it work you know it wasn't just like look like i've seen promoters be like oh yeah i'm gonna bring in you know like uh i don't know like virgil let's say i, I can't think of another <laughs> name off the top of my head bad example but then, like, he they bring in it in,
1: huh? i said bad example he lives in pittsburgh as in like he, Very could, bad example. he could be here like quick
0: <laughs> <laughs> he he probably i'm surprised he isn't there more often um Uh, You know, like uh, I've seen other promotions be like, oh, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to bring in some guy who wrestled for, you know, Crockett promotions or whatever. And then like, but it's the wrong crowd. Like the presentation is terrible and like nobody cares. You know, like A.I.W. like knocked it out of the park with all those, which is insane to me that they bring in Like they made a guy like Tracy Smothers, who's a literal at least to people like around my age, the only thing I would have known him from was a little bit of ECW and Freddie Joe Floyd. And like, if I didn't, if I didn't own the what was it, the nineteen ninety one set of WCW trading cards, I would have no idea who Tracy's mother was outside of ECW. And they brought him in, and now more people know about him because of that. So now it's just it's crazy that they're able to they like uh what's his name uh uh colonel colonel robert parker yeah like who outside of him doing tennessee lee for three months in 1998 for jeff jarrett who nobody gave a shit about at the time who like what else would anyone really know about him you know and they brought him in and then that kind of like create I, I i would guess at least it created some sort of uh groundswell interest first for him on like i i guess like the you know the the modern wrestling fan community
1: i mean you had within one storyline bunkhouse buck colonel robert <laughs> parker and missy hyatt
0: yeah that's insane that that's like it, it it's it's the 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 best worlds meeting up in 2000 what was that, like 17 16
1: somewhere around there mhm it's the thing with um <laughs> uh AIW of like being able to bring in these people I was like yeah like they'll bring in like those blasts from the past but they'll also bring in some of the you know maybe your your super indie names uh Zack Sabre Jr. Kevin Steen at the time like bringing him in finally mm-hmm. like and that was towards the end of his independent run then um being able to book fucking Dennis Stamp like <laughs> and it's crazy to believe but His, the next booking that he was waiting for in, uh, Beyond the Mat, his next booking was AIW.
0: Nobody. Really? Yeah.
1: That's far as what I've been told. That, like, that's the story. Nope. Nobody fucking booked him, even after being in one of the best wrestling documentaries of, of all time. Definitely, like, within the top five, probably good top two. Like, nobody booked this dude.
0: But. So. I think if I remember correctly, because I basically I discovered Pat Buck and like his like the wrestling school through the podcast that he used to do. And I think they reached out to Dennis Stamp and he was in like he either like didn't want to travel or he like just didn't feel I don't know. But he or he was in like bed like he was sick at the time or whatever. But like I know at least one promotion reached out. It was uh, PWS that used to run out of. Used to run out of New Jersey I know I'm almost positive they reached out to him and like it just didn't like the the lines didn't cross but that's insane that like almost 20 years went by I was actually I was on a, on a show with uh Greg Iron the next day and he was talking to him about like how insane it was that like Dennis stamp finally had a match
1: <laughs> yeah uh it's that kind of crazy shit. I think for me like obviously you know too cold had fucking ICP Like that's the the realm of wrestlers you could get uh, from the old uh, WCW days, you know, you know, Glacier that brought in Buff Bagwell, but also Colonel Colonel Robert Parker, Bunkhouse Buck and Missy (laughs) Hyatt. Bring in the super indie guys, but then also bring in like those crazy random names like ICP and Dennis Stamp.
0: Like, yeah, that's like Kid Cash, like blew it over the top for me. I think Thorne has tried to get easy money at some point, I think, which would be like my favorite one of my favorite acquisitions probably.
1: He brought in Savio Vega.
0: Oh, that was that was great. <laughs> that was great. And I saw Max was wrestling him and I was like, Bro, that's insane. Like that's that like you've you, you've lived a lot of people's dreams by, by wrestling <laughs> Savio Vega.
1: Other people meaning uh troy from off the hop rope
0: yeah troy i mean that that would be i, I would i would like to wrestle savio i, remember I was talking to pat because pat was in the four-way with him the next day mm-hmm. i was like you ever worked with him and i think he had said savio like was at at ovw for something i want to say at some point but like yeah that's that's like two two it's it's multiple worlds that you don't expect to collide ever but like there they are
1: hmm <laughs> Sabio. i think it's that early 90s wrestling that i not even early uh late early 90s wrestling of uh, those characters like we were kind of talking about before you we recording uh fucking ahmed johnson mm-hmm. that's another random dude i mean if he could ever maybe if he still does personal appearances like that one might be interesting because I, I, I think there's a lot of nostalgia for him. Like he kind of turned into a meme of like, oh, let's make fun of this dude because he he gained a lot of weight. But I'll always remember, you know, red tights, Ahmed Johnson. And he was like the, the theme I thought was badass. And then oh, the, it was great. the Pearl River Plunge was a great fucking move.
0: Yeah. Like he, if not for extenuating circumstances, like he would have been probably like the world champion eventually. Like there's no no doubt he would have been like he was on that he was on that path to be like a top top guy, but I also think I guess like that's kind of a weird situation where like, I mean he doesn't really look great anymore unfortunately, but I mean he could certainly still make a make an appearance somewhere at least. I mean that would be great. I would. I don't know what he'd like be able to do, but but.
1: Part of me says he might be good for just a meet and greet. I don't know. You need him to do something in the ring. I don't know. That's that's me kind of like just fantasy booking in my head because we we happen to mention I'm Ed Johnson before we started recording and that just that just brings <laughs> brings back that era, you know, like along with Savio. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I, I. I. At least it's just. I, actually, I, I was talking to Thorn about. I. I was. I did like. I recorded something with them a few days ago. And he was just. We were talking about, about balls, like the match I had with Balls and New Jack, which I'm sure we'll get out eventually. Um, he was talking about like how there's not a lot of those like crazy, just like out of control people, like still around anymore. Like from that era, like the mid nineties, like ECW and like Smoky mountain, like there's not like, they're they're still around, but there's not, as not as many now who are like still actually like active and like taking bookings and stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. And then you have, uh, what's that? Not necessarily the subject you want to get on, but you figure like how many wrestlers who have passed away would be killing it right now, you know? In the oh,
0: big, big boss man, crush, crush, big boss man, uh, probably like the natural disasters. Oh, I just shit. feel like a, oh, a yes. lot of the a lot like Mabel or Viscera, or whatever he were, he would be like, I mean, he was still wrestling pretty much up until he died, I think, and he like didn't, he didn't look horrible, he lost a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, there's a lot of especially now, like, there's a lot of guys who would be crushing it right now even if they weren't wrestling they'd just be like on every like every meet and greet you know
1: jane gonzalez yoko i think yoko would be great
0: oh yeah yoko would be great like just all those all those like i i feel and i guess i have a weird spin on it where a lot of like the modern wrestling fans they kind of like poo poo like the big guys of the late 80s early 90s but there is there is a nostalgic demand for guys like that now, mm. and I feel like again, guys like Boss Man and like like Giant Gonzalez would be huge right now, just at like a weird meet, like a weird like off meet and greet, you know.
1: I think with Boss Man too, like I'm trying to picture like some of these meet and greets where you get to meet some of these guys, and maybe if they're you know you know in costume, or whatever, you know, in gimmick, Big Boss Man. I mean, he has the iconic early 90s but then if you wanted to go late 90s like that was like a really big look too
0: yeah uh maybe not guardian angel but um (laughs) i mean for me that would be cool for me i don't know if that would be cool for anyone else on earth but i would enjoy that at least
1: because you were a big wcw fan
0: so i so i i kind of like i kind of hint i think before we started recording i was talking about so i started i got into wrestling when i was probably like six you know six ish in a video store by my house they had wrestling tapes but it was like all over the place it was like wrestlemania 5 wrestlemania 6 like uh SummerSlam 92 uh i think they had like wrestlemania 2 like they just had like there was no like there was no co- consistency or like chronological order to any of it mm-hmm. so i would just go there every friday and my mom would let me rent a tape and i'd rent a tape and i'd watch it and i'd be like wow this is like the greatest thing ever and the next week i would watch it like i would, I would rent another one so to me i was watching wrestling as it was happening i didn't realize that like time had elapsed since 1989 because i didn't know like i didn't know years i knew the only thing i knew about years was that i went to school every day and i had to write the date on the but like other than that like i had no concept of time and the fact that like i was watching stuff that had happened four or five years ago Um, so I also inherited two WCW or like WCW slash like Crockett tapes from like family member who just had them. It was like, I'm not going to watch this ever again. Um, so the, the other thing was, I didn't know, like, obviously I didn't know like what capitalism was when I was a kid. So I didn't realize that there were different wrestling companies. So I thought this was all just the same thing. And so to me, like WCW was like what NXT is now. Like, I just thought it was just like a different show. So when, and I literally didn't even, I didn't, I didn't even like, I didn't recognize this until like probably like 90s, 95, 90, 96. Like, I had no idea. Like, I thought Hogan just went to like another show under like the WWF umbrella. I didn't know that WCW was like a different place because. I was just watching it as I was watching it. I didn't, I didn't like read mag. I like I read the magazines, but I just, I didn't know. Like, I didn't really know what the difference was. So, and also, like a lot of the, so like I also had the Hasbro figures. So I had, had Ric Flair. I had um, what's another name? Like all the guys who like migrated over in '94, like Hogan, Beefcake, like Earthquake, um, Savage. like Doug Duggan, like huh? Yeah. Savage. Like I didn't know the difference. Cause I was just like, Oh, it's just, they're just on a different show now. Like it's the same thing. Um, so I kind of knew what WCW was through that. And then I completely missed the whole NWO thing. Cause I was, com- I was, I was totally trained on WWF. Cause again, I didn't know it was a different thing. I was like, Oh, I'll see, you know, I'll see that guy on there eventually. And I just never did. And I was like, Oh, well, maybe he's sick or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> And I didn't realize that there were two two completely different things. So I kind of like stopped watching wrestling for a while, from like early ninety seven until about the summer. And then I realized like, oh, WCW was like a completely different thing because someone explained it to me. I don't know, someone sat me down and told me about economics. I guess I don't know, probably not. But um, um so then I was like, oh, okay. So like, oh, all of a sudden, like one, two, three, kid has a beard, and like. <laughs> Ted DiBiase doesn't wrestle anymore now. He's just a manager guy. And like the Steiners are like completely different. now. And I knew I I had exposure to the Steiners in WWF and WCW. So that like, that was why it was, I was confusing for me. And that's why I was just like, Oh, it's just one big show that like everyone is on. Um,
1: The funny thing is that the NWO angle would have fucked you up even worse because like that kind of started off with like, Oh, we're from WWF. mm -hmm. Like, but well, we're not, we're not saying our names, and we're not saying their name. But we're really insinuating these characters. We're really insinuating that we're coming. We're the outsiders. And even mm-hmm. the way that I looked at the NW at the beginning, like for the most part, that was like all old WWE people.
0: Uh, I just, this is crazy, but I just watched that episode where Scott Hall made his debut for the first time from beginning to end last night night. Um, so it was like the mauler against Steve Dahl, And like, I knew it was happening eventually, but again, I had never watched the match from a gang 10. So I didn't realize that was that like Mike Enos slash the mauler was like, they were putting this big push on him and he's like killing Steve Dahl, And then like, just the way they did, it was perfect. Like, like they ignored Scott Hall literally until he was like hopping over the rail and they're like, ah, oh, all right, what's going on here? You know, like they, like they did it so well. Um, like the camera didn't even really like, like, I took a screenshot of it and you see Scott hall hopping over like a barricade, like in the mezzanine section or whatever it would have been. And like the camera doesn't change. Like there's no like weird camera angle. It's just still on the match. And then like, you just see this tall guy with denim, like walking to the ring. And then it's like, Oh, oh wait, wait a second. You know, like it was a very, like the way they did it was great. Like it was like the way they did it with Luger was great too. Just cause like. Bishop, like, it's one of my favorite calls. I was like, get that camera off of him. Like, they just did it so perfectly. And, like, Luger was perfectly conceivable because it was at a mall. So he could have just walked in, you know? That's true. So the way they did those was, like, excellent. It was, like, seamless.
1: But they did make it seem like, like, what would really, like I said, would have fucked you up because it would have seemed like, oh, they're, you know, they're, they're coming in from the other show. Yeah. And I think
0: it, I would have known that.
1: <laughs> that's. I think that's almost a really unique way of getting into wrestling of like, like VHS res- wrestling because like, well, especially now, like that's such a, a bygone era, but like, like for me, I was watching, I've been watching it since I was little. Like it was like, my dad just always had it on. So I don't remember a time without it. I just remember when I started paying attention. But like you mentioned, like VHS is like, I only ever, I only ever really had one wrestling VHS, SummerSlam 92.
0: Such a good show
1: it is like I was just talking about this last week with Stepstool Sarah like I watched that thing from beginning to end a lot and mm-hmm. like I was still blown away when I found out that there was like two matches that weren't on the VHS and then like I went to the network when like that became a thing and I was like oh my god like these it's weird like I've watched this whole show, but there's these two matches that I don't connect with because I didn't watch them relentlessly on uh VHS and actually this was mentioned. Uh, on Marty and Sarah love wrestling last week when I sent an email and I'll, I'll get your, your thoughts on this. Um, that was my introduction to, um, LOD's manager.
0: Oh, uh, uh, Paul, uh yeah, Paul or, Rock, or, or Rocko the dummy. Oh,
1: well, both. Um, <laughs> because by the time, like I started like really paying attention to wrestling, like I knew who Legion of doom was, but I didn't remember, Paul Elring and I think they might have been in WCW by that point. So Paul Elring wasn't a part of them and neither was Rocco. So at that show like that's like where they had their legendary entrance. They got the the gold shoulder pads on, they're riding mm-hmm. the motorcycles down to the ring like so fucking awesome. Um but you know, he's he's holding Rocco and he you know shanning LOD LOD well to a kid who <laughs> Isn't really used to this. I thought he was saying Harold Dean. (laughs) Harold Dean. I never questioned who the fuck Harold Dean was. I just like, oh okay, chanting Harold Dean. Okay, like actually maybe I thought that was Rocco's name. I I don't know. (laughs) Come to find out years later, they were chanting LOD, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Why did I think it was Harold? But uh. God, that's a that's a good show. Good
0: match. Oh, it was great. And so that was another. So that the, the 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 one WCW VHS tape I had, it was the one where I think it was called like Greatest Grudges, and it just had like had like all the essentials. Like it had a Tully and a uh, Tully and Magnum TA. It had like the dog collar match of Valentine and Piper, and it also had the the angle where Hawk stuck the spike into Dusty's eye, and then you know like kind of the return match with uh, with the Road Warriors against Sting and Dusty so like I knew them as the Road Warriors and then I saw them as Legion of Doom at SummerSlam so again that's why I, why I was so like warped as a kid and I didn't know what what was going on exactly as far as like you know there being two different companies so I was like oh they just they just changed their name this week I don't know like whatever and they like they they would still kind of call them the Road Warriors too like on commentary yeah.
1: it's like they had they had two names
0: yeah, and then I found out years later that the Legion of Doom was originally just a stable that they were in in like mid south. I want to say, mm-hmm. but like Bundy was in it, and I think Jake was in it. There were like a few other random people in there. I think Bundy had hair at the time, if I'm not mistaken.
1: I don't think I've ever seen Bundy with hair.
0: It's it's a mind trip for for sure, for certain, but yes, he had hair for a while. It's it's very weird, um, considering I only knew him for years basically until the internet was the first time I had seen a match of him with hair and I was like oh this is uh, this is kind of
1: does it does it feel as weird as Scott Hall and Kurt Henning and AWA because I remember first seeing that as a kid I went whoa (laughs) like that's not Mr. Perfect and Hazer Amon that's who the fuck is that
0: that's Mr. Perfect and some guy with like a porn stash (laughs) who was Oh uh, man, I, at the, at, at the, the show that Hall was, the AIW show Hall was on, someone made an alligator like a Gator Scott, ref, a Scott Hall reference. I don't remember if it was the Duke or like, I like someone in the back said it. I'm trying to remember now. I'm almost, I'm like 99% positive. Someone said it, or it might've been like Hornswoggle joking around or something. I don't remember, but like someone brought that up and i like popped me here. I was like, man, I haven't heard that in years. And I discovered that through WrestleCrip years and years and years ago actually like wrestle crap was pretty much the first wrestling site that i like knew about so this is again this will kind of give you an idea of like what kind of a weird wrestling fan i've always been um so when i first i first got the internet in like 2001 and i was like the last of my friend group to get the internet so everyone else knew who everything that was happening and i was like ah don't tell me i don't uh, you're lying or whatever <laughs> like i thought all my friends had like these crazy hookups with like wwf like how do you know that you know Delo's winning the title battle back from xbox this week or like oh they already taped it i'm like what is, how do you what do you mean they already taped it That doesn't make sense um so i was just like naive as humanly possible um so when i first got the internet my first Google well I don't think it was Google at the time but my first strenuous internet search was to find out where viscera was nowadays cuz it was like early 2001 and he had been he had been off TV for a while and uh I was just like doing this like crazy deep dive it was probably like ask Jeeves or something I don't know it, was, it wasn't Google I don't know what the hell it was there might have been like some angel fire thing. I don't know but uh And, like, through that, I discovered WrestleCrap.com, and then I realized, like, oh, there's, like, a whole wrestling community on the internet. Because, like, when I got the internet, literally, I was all all pumped to, like, follow WCW and, like, ECW on the internet. And then I think less than a month later, they were both out of business. So so it was, like, the biggest rib ever. I was like, oh, this is great. I get to, like, watch watch stuff on my computer, even though I had 56K. So it was, like, no shot. I was (laughs) going to watch anything. But... I was all pumped to be able to watch wrestling on the computer. And then a month later, like everything's gone and I'm like, Oh, all right. All right. I guess I'll just find other things. And that's how I found Russell crap pretty much.
1: So that means you weren't around online for the AOL days.
0: I was, but I didn't, I never had AOL. Like, yeah. and we never had like the, we never had AOL. We had CompuServe.
1: Oh, so, so you, get on, like, you get on the WCW stuff. What's that? You get on the WCW stuff because they were CompuServe.
0: Yeah, I I just never again by the time I got on, I they were pretty much gone by that point. So I couldn't even like enjoy that.
1: Cuz like what was it? I think I got my first computer, I want to say in like 96. yeah, I mean, wow. we got we got on, online in 96 and you know there was horrible freaking, you know, modem and everything. Old old school dial up, but mm-hmm. um we went out to Arizona to go visit my my aunt and uncle that live out there. And I found out they had CompuServe, and like I think at that time I still didn't have AWOL yet. But I'm like, oh, you got CompuServe? Like I want to go look at WCW stuff just because, like I've, <laughs> I've always been more of a WWE guy, but I always watched WCW. Like I remember, you know, every Saturday watching WCW Saturday Night when Johnny B Bad was on. So you're talking like Ugh, you're talking like ninety five, yeah, 94. were 90, somewhere around that time. So like yeah. I re- I remember stuff like that. Like recently on um off the hop rope the uh the one match that um was on that trailer
0: oh um uh uh, blacktop bully and Dustin Rhodes. yeah
1: yeah i like i vaguely remember that happening and i don't remember (laughs) if we got that pay-per-view or not but like i remember like it happening so that was like one of the few times that i actually uh, did a watch along and like that that was (laughs) god that was so fun
0: it was such a fun, that was, I actually looked at it recently, so when right before we started off the hop rope, we pretty much all had, like, we were like, alright, like, I think Troy or Mark was like, alright, get together, like, 25 matches that you want to cover, and I think that was on my list, I had a lot of, like, WCW stuff, I, I wouldn't admit this to them, but I've actually, probably on accident, more of my matches have been included than I, than I thought, but I think it was completely on accident. Um, but I think that was on my list. I, I think the first one I got was um, the 94 war games just because of, because of how insane it is that like was it was like Dusty Dustin, uh, the Nasty Boys, and then like the uh, the stud stable. And that was the one where Terry Funk gets pile drive pile driven, like between the rings. Like I think Sags give him a pile driver and then he just like falls in between between the two rings like it's. It's, like, one of my favorite gifts that I occasionally share for, like, a Terry Tuesday or whatever.
1: Let's uh let's talk about Off the Hop Rope because, like, that's also, like, when I started hearing about you on, or just started hearing about that show and your name on Major Wrestling Figure Podcast and you showed up at AIW, I then, like, after, like, a couple of shows, like, I pulled you aside and I was just like, hey, sell me on this show. And you did.
0: Oh, the Winchester show. I remember that.
1: Yes. And, um... <laughs> I think the the one that you s- suggested, and I mean, if you've not listened to the show, this is a great place to start, is the Balls Mahoning episode. We're talking yes. about Christmas 2018. 18. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, within that, like, it's not Christmas episode, but it's, like, in December, and they're drinking Christmas ale, which, mm-hmm. God, if, if you live in this area and you don't love freaking Christmas ale, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. But that's what like got me into it. And then like, I'm still, I still have five episodes to listen to that I haven't listened to, but my load of like podcast is so heavy. So I try to like, and I've had like some shorter days at work. So I try to fit them in, but, uh, it's been, it's easily become one of my favorite podcasts. Like i if I did a top five, I think it's in there. And <laughs> I going in, like I didn't like watch alongs, maybe because I think a lot of people do like, they want to do watch alongs for like entire shows. And I'm like, I, no, and I I think some people don't know how to do them, but you guys do a match, <laughs> pair it with a beer, and you guys fill the void. Well, Troy fills the void as, as much as he could, and then like you guys throw in your random uh, conversations. But like, it, it is a show that I wish more people would listen to.
0: Yeah, I think one thing that's been kind of cool, um, over the past year or so is. Apparently a lot more people know about the show than I am than any of us are aware of because like I did uh, Fest wrestling in Gainesville, Florida. There was last May and I had the koozies out just as whatever I don't know here I'm offering these and like like two or three people knew about the podcast as in Florida like we Pretty much the the nucleus of our fan base is in New England and now we have a few people in your area probably mostly because of you and um, but yeah, like it's it's really cool to see that see that kind of develop as time goes on. And like sometimes I kind of forget about um like what a weird, far reaching thing like wrestling podcasts are. Because there's so many of them and I feel like like me, I listen to I probably have like twenty podcasts on my regular rotation. I don't listen to all of them on time. Like literally, almost none of them. I think the only ones I listen to on time are mine, and maybe like like Attitude Era podcast. I'll listen to them when they come out, but they only come out like once, like twice a month, maybe. So for me, that's like a treat. Like I get to hear, you know, get to hear them for a little while. Um, but it, it, I guess, like again because. Like I used to listen to Bruce Pritchard's podcast every week. And then I just kind of like it, it just gets like, it gets too much after a while. Mm-hmm. But I think what, what we offer is like, you un- it's, it's three completely unique perspectives of wrestling or like Troy doesn't really wrestle anymore. so he like, he doesn't wrestle as much anymore. So he's like, he brings more of like the fan perspective into it. Cause he gets really excited about the moves and you know, yeah what's happening in the match. And like Mark is kind of like the, he's like the, the proper businessman of the crew. And I'm just, you know, I'm just there to like talk about the weird shit I did this weekend. (laughs) Um, but that being said, like, so, (laughs) and this drives Troy insane. Our three or at least last, last time I checked our three highest listened to episodes were like, so i i think our top like our most listened to episode was the lt bam bam uh <laughs> episode where we drank budweiser and but mostly because of the you know the 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 wrestle rager uh story basically um
1: i thought it was because that's the episode where my name gets mentioned
0: i think i i i, I know <laughs> yeah. i mentioned you at some point certainly it, you, you've become you've become like a an an, an, an unofficial uh a fourth co-host of the show at this stage <laughs> Because I'm always trying to get your push your beers up and then, you know, we'll see how that works out. Um, I think the second highest one is we did some NXT match from like recently, but we drank like six point point, which is available literally at 7-Eleven. Like it's not even to call it a craft beer is almost a stretch at this point. And then the other one that got a lot of listens was um, – it was actually – so the Odeon show where you first saw me, the next day I had a show in Massachusetts where I got elbowed in the face like as hard as humanly possible by Stiff Mike. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, that episode got like insane amount of listens because of that basically. So it was probably all like New England workers just like, oh, man, I want to hear what kind of bullshit Stiff Mike pulled this week. Um, but yeah, like it just drives Troy insane. But so – and and Troy does contribute so much to it. Like he's always sometimes his, his, his connections kind of befuddle me a little bit. But like that being said, he brings weird shit to the table where it's like, I wouldn't be able to think of that. Cause I wouldn't know about it. So like, it's great to have that perspective. And then like Mark is kind of like the market research guy. Who's like, Oh, we could be doing this and let's do this and let's do this. Um, although he's like very, very occupied with, you know, major figure pod. Cause they do stuff literally every day. Like they put out something or other, especially now, especially now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I think, I, I think people just want to like, and I understand the importance of having that, that niche market where like, okay, we're talking about craft beer, but like, I don't, and I would like us to get to a point, point where someone who only like, who really likes craft beer and just wants to learn more about craft beer and we'll deal with the wrestling, like I would love to get to a point where we have that. And I think we have some people like, I think we have some listeners who really just like craft beer. I don't know if it's like a great amount right now, but we definitely have them, have them. Um, and that's like my, my goal is to get people who really like craft beer, who don't give a shit about wrestling to listen to a wrestling podcast, just because we're talking about craft beer. And just cause like, or like they don't listen to other podcasts or maybe they listen to like a political podcast or something. And then they have us in the docket, you know, like to me, that's, the, the, and it's kind of like – it kind of goes hand in hand, hand with my goals in wrestling to kind of become – like transcend what's in front of you, if if that makes any sense. um You know, just be more than a wrestler. Be more than like just a guy like in his underwear pretending to fight. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I just feel like nowadays there's so much to consume right in front of you and it's very easy to lose people because like attention spans are like at an all-time low right now. Um, maybe not right now because there's literally nothing to do, but normal times there's a lot to do, to do. Um, so for me, the goal of the podcast for me would just be to get, again, like just people who really like craft beer to deal with listening to us talk about wrestling because they just want to hear about like interesting positions on what we're doing you know um and again like to, to go back to it like that's kind of my goal in wrestling is to just have like hey of course i want to be you know a top world 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 heavyweight champion but like i uh, really the, like that the guys i grew up on are like the guys i really really like, like of course i loved hulk hogan i loved bret hart but like, the guys i really connected to were jake the snake roberts roddy roddy piper jimmy's like jimmy snooker unfortunately um yeah like I drew I was more drawn to like the big characters than just the guys who were like of course I love the good wrestlers but I think nowadays with so much to consume and I understand like it appears that we're in a wrestling boom right now but I also feel like it's it's everyone consuming everything because they just want they they're they're like gluttons for wrestling which is fine that's great I'm a fan of that um but yeah I just feel like the goal with wrestling-related mediums is to get as many eyes on it as possible, even if they don't actually care about the wrestling. Um, and maybe that's just my skewed view on things, because I grew up watching WCW, where literally as soon as WCW ended, all those people stopped watching watching wrestling, and they just were there for like the spectacle of it. So like for me, for Off the Hop Rope, I would love to just have thousands of listeners who maybe don't care about wrestling that much, but just want to hear us talk about things and again because like destination viewing really isn't that much of a thing anymore because we have you know TiVo and we have a million channels and we have computers and Roku's and all that stuff Um, and there's also a million podcasts right now so yeah for me it would the, the goal for Off the Hop Rope would just be to kind of like transcend being a wrestling podcast and just being like a fun podcast to listen to for multiple people from Not necessarily just a wrestling uh, perspective, if that makes sense.
1: Ironically, I think for me, it's gotten me a little bit more into beer because I'm not absolutely crazy, but I know there's like beers that I've had along the way that I've really liked. But now that there's times that I'll go into my beer section and I'll like look for different things, things that catch my eye. Maybe I'll recognize a brewery that I heard on the podcast uh, one beer that I picked up recently, and I've yet to try it and it just because it fits like one of my favorite musical artists is they made a sublime Mexican lager and it's okay sublime branded because it has the forty ounce to freedom sun on the can.
0: Oh, that's cool I so, like that
1: yeah, so I saw that and I'm like first I was like, ah, at the time I was like I really want to I'm trying to find uh the broken skull IPA because they finally came in this area. they're in cans though, so I was like, ah, I'm like I'll get I'll get that beer later. Then eventually I had to f- go to a different um, beer store like one that like specialized I was going to my local grocery store, but they have like a really good beer section. Uh, so I ended up like, all right, like after I found the broken Club, I'm like, all right, I picked this up. I want to try it. Maybe if everything goes back to normal I can send it back to you but uh, I don't know uh, maybe uh, Cinco de Mayo, you know, 2025, you know, <laughs> that'll Ray Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero. I don't know. But yeah,
0: uh... <laughs> we'll see. It's kind of new choice on.
1: Uh, yeah, that's the one thing that I like about it. like it's got me like it's like almost like with the major wrestling figure podcast got me more like looking into figures and everything and like especially going back with Hasbro's. But off the hop rope, besides like enjoying like like the banter between you three and all that kind of fun stuff that I'm now like, all right, I might not drink a whole hell of a lot, but I'll at least stop in the section and go, okay, what do we have here? What, so, what sounds good? What sounds different?
0: What's on top? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, 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 like to, I like to throw Mark and Troy off whenever we have a guest, and I would like to have you on eventually. I don't know where we can fit it in, but I would like to have you on eventually. A, a uh, dream. I like to – what's that?
1: I said it would be a dream of mine.
0: Yeah. I I. It, It's got to happen eventually. You know what? At this stage, actually, I won't. So I uh, hold on. Let me get this out of the way first. So what I like to do when we have a guest is when Mark's doing the what's on tap, I'll cut him off and have them do it instead because I feel like that's like a I know that's like that's like a rite of passage to like do the what's on tap thing. I think my my favorite one was Chris Statlander just because like (laughs) she's so awkward and like doesn't project unless there's a crowd in front of her, basically. So I was like all right, Kristen, you got to do the what's on tap. And she was like, uh, what's on tap? It, was yeah. like, it was, it was so awkward, but like, amazing. um, uh, fuck. What was my, what was my sidetrack there? Uh, da, 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 da. I forgot. I lost it. Sorry. I was like, um, fuck. I was going somewhere with that. I mean, I had that, but I also had another sidetrack. Uh,
1: uh, you said it when I joked, I'm not jokingly it was real Where i said like that would be a dream of mine to be on
0: like I don't yeah know. what the hell oh okay so what I, I was just about to suggest maybe i could record something with you last time i tried to do that it was after baby it's too cold outside i think and i recorded like 15 minutes with fonzie it was pretty much just to ask him questions about giant gonzalez mm-hmm. uh i was hammered like on board, pretty much blackout drunk by that point and like everyone wanted to leave, and I was like, "No, no, no! I gotta talk to Fonzie first. I gotta talk to Fonzie." So I must have stood there with him for 15 minutes with my phone in front of him, and it was like decent audio. The problem was, literally, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating. Two seconds after I shut the recorder off, I dropped the phone on the floor, and the recording just disappeared. Oh, that sucks. So all I have left of it is the opening where it's. What's the name of the podcast, Daddy? And then it cuts out. That's Um, all I have left of this.
1: (laughs) I think I threw out to you, and I was being really serious about this. Like if there was J this year, because I think you wanted to do something with Mance. To me, like that, I mean, if you're talking about someone that's made to be on off the hop rope, it's Mance. And I think we I think
0: him and I had spoken about it, but then it just like didn't work out for some reason. I think I don't remember why it didn't work out, but oh, because I think I don't know what show it was. It was recent too, and I was talking to him because I was on a show with him in Brooklyn on the Thursday, and then AIW was Saturday. I don't remember why it didn't work out, but we were we were we're definitely going to eventually get him on there in some capacity.
1: Well, if if there That's was always if there was Jaylit this year, I was offering to like I would bring my recorder and then like you like you guys just record it. Yeah. yeah, like you guys watch yeah, wrestling, I'm, I'm like down with that. yeah, I would bring my recorder and I would just like send it over to Mark and be like, "Boom, there you go." So like, because yeah. I mean, because that's just that's what I'd want to hear, like Mance on off the Hop rope, like drinking.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'd have to do it like a, a, a quiet corner of good company, perhaps.
1: Well, like if it's
0: j- such a thing exists,
1: but if it's Jalen weekend, you could fit it in. Like if you were bo- both going to be there both days.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah.
1: Like just have to get up at the right time on on Saturday, or whatever. But yeah, that's that's something I know I threw out at one point to like you guys, and I was just like, I'll bring my recorder. Like you just record. Just, I got the equipment. I'm here.
0: Yeah, I want. I definitely want to do that. We'll we'll see. Uh, we'll see when we're all allowed to be together again. But yes, I will be doing that certainly. But yeah, just have Mans on there because he's such a fucking character. He's great, and he's
1: he's getting out right now doing like podcasts. Like he was just on the AIW podcast this week uh he was on pod van Dam a couple weeks ago and i wouldn't be surprised if he's on more like he's he's fantastic (laughs) even listening to him talk i'm like fucking now, i gotta schedule an interview with him soon that's the only thing that i don't say i hate but it's just like i'll hear people do like all these interviews and i'm like well do i jump on it and be like all right can i get you on and follow everybody or do i wait a while and then get somebody on like i don't know just
0: i feel like maybe now's yeah i think like now's the time to get as many people on as possible just to have like backlog stuff in case things get better or get worse or whatever so yeah that's like i feel like buying this 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 crispy microphone i'm talking to on right now has been great for me because i've been on like several podcasts and i'm like oh this is great i got like when i did it with uh thorn and steve guy the other day i was like all right guys i'm all set up i just gotta put my laptop like six feet away from me so you guys don't hear any feedback and like they were like oh it's nice to it's nice to be with someone who's prepared. And I was like, yeah, man, I went to, <laughs> I went to the, the Smart Mark School of Preparation for yes. Podcasts. So.
1: <laughs> the Smart Mark School with Troy there, too. Like
0: a, yeah, and Troy is there sometimes, yeah.
1: Yeah, The um, I admire Smart Mark for, like, everything that he does. Uh, hard-ass fucking worker. And, like, and he, he produces two shows a week, which maybe to some people is not crazy, but I don't know. He has to be a lot more hands-on with Off the Hop Rope. He has a lot more stuff that he has to do with Major Wrestling Figure, and that's not even the podcast, like, video stuff and all that, to where, like, he doesn't put out a bad product. I think the only gripes I could have about some of the episodes, it's not even gripes, it's just things that, as a podcaster, I hear. There's times that uh, the beeps have been off. Like, I can tell he he will mute out a word like a section and then put a beep on a different track. So then like, I'll hear, you'll hear like this gap and then you hear a beep like a little bit later. (laughs) So I've heard that a couple times when it's not synced up. I think it's mainly the, uh, nation, uh, the one nation song. Oh, uh, yeah.
0: yeah, um, Reincarnation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Listen to it all the time and I'm fucking up the name, but, uh, like, in that song where there's beefs i've heard that tour i'm like why is that off that's really <laughs> and then i think he you know what there was a fuck a couple of weeks ago that zach said that wasn't beeped and i'm like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: what's funny i brought it up to him on the pod recently or i think i think what's uh yeah, i'm trying to remember I think when we had Matthew James on last time, we were all just like cursing like Sailor. Oh, no. It was the end of, I think, last week's episode where Mark was a little hammered, and he and he was sent up a storm. I was like, hey, Mark, isn't it great that you don't have to bleep these out? He's like, Nick, I get such anxiety when I'm listening back to our show, and I'm like, fuck, I have to delete that. And then I'm like, oh, no, I don't.
1: <laughs> I think was that was like, on I the show. I think I remember it. that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think it was it, right it,
0: at the end. We were all.
1: I think his reaction of all this stuff was like, "I don't gotta bleep anything anymore."
0: Yes, <laughs> I saw that.
1: <laughs> uh, anyway, let's uh, let's actually start to wrap this show up because we've 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 talked long enough. But uh, <laughs> uh, we like to get in a segment that I like to call. Uh, Faye Five Questions.
0: Hey, this is Booker T,
1: five time champ, and this is the Faye Five Questions. Now, can you dig it? All right. with the Faye Five Questions, uh, obviously, in honor of Booker T, there's six. So we will start with question number one. And these are off a, off a big list that I have, so I can pull many different ones. Let's go. And I've, I've asked some of these for questions. Uh, For off the hop rope, so I gotta make sure I I ask the right ones. (laughs) Uh, Step Brothers or Talladega Nights?
0: Uh, Definitely Step Brothers. I only saw Talladega Nights once. I didn't really like it that much. I've seen Step Brothers like one and a half times, and I laughed at it. So so I'm not like really a big movie guy, too. So that's kind of a me thing. But
1: okay, normally for like people with comedies, like it's. Those are two big ones that's like really hard to pick from.
0: Yeah, Step Brothers is really funny. I didn't, I wasn't like nuts about Talladega Nights. I think it was, I think it was at the time Will Ferrell was in every movie on Earth. And I was just like tired of seeing him. So I just kind of like checked out of it while watching it. But yeah, Step Brothers is great.
1: Question number two Bacon or sausage?
0: Uh, bacon sausage. So. I get, like, I get weird with sausage. Like, some places, it's too salty. And plus, like, I'm very... I try to be conscious about, like, sodium intake and stuff like that, which is insane because I... Which is part of the reason I'm trying to drop energy drinks because, like, they're too high in sodium. And I've also been trying to slowly convert myself to, like, low-sodium turkey bacon, which is actually really good, so it's really not a huge transition. Um, Sausage is really gross sometimes. Bacon is usually not... years ago I I, I I i hope you don't mind me going off going off on tangents this happens sometimes that's fine um uh years ago when i was younger there was where i grew up in queens there was a diner uh and they got this new waitress who like literally like you could order the simplest thing on earth and she would just manage to ruin it somehow like someone someone ordered like I think a banana split or something like that. And they just brought back like a scoop of ice cream. And she was like, hey, I ordered a banana split. So the wait- the waitress literally grabbed a banana with the peel and dropped it on the plate. Um, So I, whenever she was there, I would just order a plate of bacon. I was like, this is the only thing that this person cannot destroy for me. So yeah, bacon.
1: <laughs> with that crispy or not crispy? Uh,
0: I prefer crispy.
1: Okay. think it's weird i don't know what to call not crispy except for not crispy
0: not crispy uh leathery i don't know
1: (laughs) i don't know i like it like cook like that like i'm more of a sausage person but i for some reason like with bacon if it's if it's too like crispy i can't stand it like i used to work at mcdonald's like that was my first job and at least at that time like far as what we did was um at the end of the breakfast shift they would make bacon to like for put on burgers and at that time there wasn't a lot of burgers that were made with it so you had to order it special Mm -hmm. so if you ordered at a certain time it was the same bacon sitting out there and it was just this like dry fucking like crispy rock like i hated it because i think i remember i went through there ordered like bacon on a big mac and like i tried it and just like i could like oh i'm like this has been here since breakfast and it was probably like noon one o'clock (laughs)
0: yeah that was a big gripe for me because like mcdonald's didn't offer anything with bacon for a while and then once they started doing that like that's all i would get and like to this day if i I, on the occasion i do go to mcdonald's i will usually get something with bacon although i've been trying to go for the salads lately because the salads are kind of good but they charge way too much to like add bacon to your salad so I'll just get a burger and take the buns off because I'm trying to watch my girlish figure, I guess. Uh,
1: question number three. What's your favorite game, show?
0: Um, favorite game show? Favorite game show? This is Price is Right. Um, I had the first computer I owned, did not have internet on it, but it had select games on it. And those games were Price is Right, Remote Control, which I've never seen an episode of, but I know it existed. And then Winter Olympics, and I got to really, I, I learned to really like Plinko. Um, yes. because again, I the only thing that I could really do on the computer was word processor, um, and play those games. So I learned to like Price is Right a lot. So yeah, Price is Right. It was like Bob Barker is such a legendary weirdo, and he's like one of the two, like, not completely cursed uh, hosts of Prices Right. Or no, I'm thinking of Family Feud. Anyway, Price is Right. <laughs> I family think Feuds don't like turn into alcoholics and psychopaths.
1: I think like that's like two of the most classic game shows because you have yeah. Price is Right with just a long history with Bob Barker. Everybody came home at one point or on your uh, when you're homesick, you were you were watching Price is Right. I think for me, like I did a we did half days in kindergarten and I did uh, morning half of the day. So like when I came home literally Prices Right was on like that and like that's what <laughs> was like my my dad would be watching when he would like make me lunch and everything before like taking me somewhere for why he went back to work like preschool or whatever. So mm-hmm. uh like it's either that or it is family feud and like I think right now and I think I've said this before recently that like Steve Harvey is like might be the best host of that show ever because just his reactions to questions. I think nobody does it as good as him. When he, <laughs> when he hears a weird answer, he's he doesn't just like brush it off. He'll give the camera a weird look, or yeah. or he'll just he'll just start walking over to the other team. Like, yep, that's wrong. Like, just yep, yep, <laughs> yep. yep third third strike all right what do you got over here like he's just ready and like when he goes on rants if you can find those like on youtube like i went like a couple of weeks where that was like my rabbit hole on youtube of like oh <laughs> let's let's check out like the funny like family feud videos and there there was one um that he just goes off on this like rant like he like about how bad this woman answers like he's not being mean he's just like being a comedian like taking this moment and ad-libbing with <laughs> it Fucking hilarious! That's why I love him so much. But yeah those are like, <laughs> like if you don't answer those two or like Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, I think those are like your top four. But Price is Right's a classic.
0: And plus, I I knew of Price is Right, but then when Bob Barker was in uh Happy Happy Gilmore, <laughs> and then I watched Price is Right, I was like, oh, it's the guy, it's the it's the dude. And then I understood the prices, the Price is Right uh the price is wrong bitch uh (laughs) reference it all came together uh
1: question number four you're a new yorker i'd love to get your your thoughts on this how do you feel about ketchup on hot dogs
0: uh i don't i don't really like hot dogs or ketchup anymore um
1: too many uh hot hot dogs dogs,
0: I, i just i don't really like hot dogs that much anymore like if it's the only food in front in front of me i'll eat it and ketchup, I only will have if it's on like a hamburger. I can't, I can't just like squirt ketchup on a plate and like dip shit into it. Like that's why I think like once I discovered hot sauce, like ketchup kind of became useless to me. Okay, I guess um, yeah. I don't know. I just don't like ketchup that much. I think uncensored ninety five ruined ketchup for me too. I know that sounds insane, but um like Nasty Boys in Harlem heat have this big crazy brawl and then like there's just ketchup and mustard everywhere and it just grossed me out so much that I like stopped liking ketchup.
1: Question number five. Favorite video game console?
0: Um, just for... I don't know. So, I, I guess the most recent video game console I owned was PS2 so that will limit my answers, thankfully. Um, I guess just for like nostalgia factor, sh- Play. I think PlayStation One was the first uh system that I had like constant access to, so it would probably be PlayStation One. Just because like the only reason I would possibly err towards PlayStation Two is because of like GTA Three and SmackDown Four, but PlayStation One it had like WCW versus the World, like Tomb Raider, and like the original GTA and all the like the the first two SmackDown games. So yeah, I'll go I'll go PlayStation One just for how many hours I spent playing it and like. The enjoyment factor, I mean, look at Nitro and like Thunder and all those like Warzone. Like Warzone's great. Warzone's one of my. Fa- I, I don't people dump on it now. Warzone is amazing. It's such a good game for the time at least.
1: But PlayStation Two has WWE SmackDown. Here comes the pain.
0: So I forget. Oh, I think I talked about this on the Game Marks podcast. so. You did the year. Here comes the pain came out. Um. My dad was like, "Hey, what, what do you want for Christmas?" And I was like, "The WWF game." He's like, "All right, cool, man. Cool, man, say no more." So like, Christmas comes and I see the package sitting there, and I'm like, "That's it. That's SmackDown. I'm gonna play it tonight. I'm gonna play it until until next year." And I opened it up, and it was Backyard Wrestling. <laughs> and I tried to play it a handful of times, and I like literally couldn't get fat get past the first uh fight match whatever it's considered and i just never played it again i gave it to one of my friends so i think if i've if i have played here comes a pain it's been like one or two times at a friend's house i have very limited acts uh limited like mem- memories of that game
1: two things number one uh with backyard wrestling you've now been on a sh- on shows with four of the wrestlers from that game at least four <laughs> yes <laughs> Uh, and two, uh, when you were on game marks, I said, I have a story that I was going to tell you. And every time I've seen you, I completely forget about it. Okay. Here's the very funny thing. So that Christmas, that's what you wanted and you didn't get it. That year I got it and I didn't want it.
0: Oh,
1: here's why. Uh, I don't know if I've ever really told this on a podcast. Um, I grew up in a trailer park, uh, and I, I'm a very generous person. I I try to be. And I got PlayStation 2, uh, I think, a year or so before that. Before that Christmas. Might have been about a a year before that. So I had uh, only a handful of games. Well, I started actually letting friends borrow my system. And I actually had the the SmackDown game before that. Uh, Just bring it.
0: Yeah, which I think is the best one, by the way, but go on.
1: Love that game. The only thing I hated about it is all the times that I played through career mode to unlock everything, like, that you can unlock in career mode, and it just, like, took forever. I don't even think I got through everything. and I never beat... Whatever gives you Fred Durst, I never got, and whatever <sighs> to get the SmackDown Fist entrance, I couldn't beat that either. Oh. One of them was, like, some sort of, like, endurance mode, like, you, you had to beat the undertaker or something i forget what the other one was yes
0: I think okay was the- so real quick real quick sidetrack for your story i apologize but i gotta get this out of the way because i'll forget okay so i have to test my memory here because i brought it up to other people and they say yeah i totally remember that but i can't can't find any like trace of it there was a part there there was like a storyline in in the career mode in that game <laughs> i i remember it might be a mandela effect thing and i just made it up in my sleep Where you have a quick rivalry with Farouk because you didn't say hi to him at like a meet and greet or something, am I imagining that?
1: I think you are. I don't remember that as many times as I played (sighs) through it. the The main thing I remember about it is like one of the quickest ways through it is if you went the hardcore title route because it like I think it was like within like the first or second match, like after like one of those, you could have a feud with Rhino and if you beat him for the hardcore title, like. You might have had like one or two matches after that, and like it's done. <laughs> and that was always like hardcore title is always one of my favorite titles, uh, mainly because it used the winged eagle. Um, and yes. I, I had a, a costume uh, winged eagle belt that got broken, and I turned it into a hardcore title because I'm like, oh, it's broken. up. Oh, give me masking tape. I can fix this. <laughs> but, um, so I always wanted to go that route. And like, I just remember it ending like really quick instead of like if you went for the intercontinental or whatever like the world title like it lasted so much longer yeah (laughs) but anyway like i had that game had like a handful of other games too uh started like lending it out to friends and everything was fine like actually the main two friends that i'd let them borrow it would always return it no no issue whatsoever well i had like a a newer friend kind of kind of pop up around that time and a little bit older, like some of these friends were closer to like 16, 17, 18, and I think I was probably 14, 15. So it's like a little bit of a difference, but not like when you think about it, it's not that big. Um, yeah. Like this one friend, he started like coming around, newer friend, didn't necessarily live in the trailer park, but hanged, hung around all of us. And I let him borrow it. because Figuring like, oh, like, you know, this person's brought it back to me. This person brought it back to me. Not thinking like, oh, I don't really know you as much. I let this new dude borrow it and he told me one day that he's like oh someone broke into my car and stole it and then i come to find out later he was lying that was his way of stealing it and like shortly after that like really shortly after like he moved ah i never told my parents that i let my friends borrow my playstation 2 kept it to my like oh. kept that little identity to myself <laughs> and that christmas after like it was stolen i got Fucking just bring it for Christmas, Uh-oh. and it was just kind of like that. Oh shit! Like I don't, ha- I I can't go like play this right now. Like I can't just be like, oh yeah, let me go play it. Or like, luckily my dad never questioned me about it. But like when I heard your story, like yeah, I wanted it and didn't get it. I was like, that's funny because I didn't want it because <laughs> I didn't have a PlayStation Two to play it on, and I got it.
0: Do you remember this guy's name who stole it?
1: Um. I don't remember his last name. I think through the years, like I, I've i started to forget his first name. Because I think that's what I knew him more as. But that I just don't remember.
0: Wow. Oh, I was going to say, we should we should call him out. <laughs> Only just who. have him show up, show up to the next AIW show. going to like, beat his ass and get get, get your PlayStation back.
1: <laughs> Funny thing think I mean, I got a PlayStation 2 now. Because I think it was about a year or so ago. I just kind of got in a kick. I'm like, oh, I want to play playstation 2 and like one friend of mine he was like i got a spare one like you can have it like no way related to this other friend like no <laughs> way. like no connection whatsoever but he was just like yeah i got this like spare one because i think like he uh he ended up having to buy a second one for some other reason and like he just had this other one just sitting around and he's like yeah you can just have it <laughs> i'm like great ran to uh the exchange picked up like a couple old games that i wanted and uh then went that which is, what, ironically nice. enough, one game I own is Backyard Wrestling. But Ugh. but it was to get it signed I, I, by Matt and Josh, though. So.
0: Yeah. Well, so wait, who else was in that? Because Matt and Josh was... Was New Jack in the first one?
1: Those two blur a lot. Yeah. Like, like I haven't... That's why... I'm... Like, I haven't played them a lot. But I remember... Because I, I was huge into ICP before that game came out. I was starting to get out of them when that came out. So I was just like, ah, whatever fucking icp in a wrestling game all right cool whatever but then like (laughs) getting back into them and then learning more about who matt and josh were i was like all right i have to rebuy this and now i think i have like that game both games the dvd that they put out called a passion for pain and then like at a gauntlet i think yeah it was gauntlet josh found some backyard wrestling posters like huge (laughs) advertisement posters him and matt both signed them and they sold them
0: like oh, that's I, great!
1: I forget how much I paid for it, but I was like, "Fuck!" Like I'm, I'm gonna snatch this because this is, this is fucking awesome. Which you're gonna find like a poster yeah. this big.
0: <laughs> that's really cool. Are you, so? Have you? So are are you a GTA Three fan? And I'm not a huge GTA fan.
1: Funny thing is, uh, like, okay, okay. Like I remember playing the PlayStation Grand Theft Autos.
0: <gasps> okay.
1: Like. Uh, I remember my one friend, he found out about it because I think he got some sort of like cheat code book at the book fair and he was looking through all these like cheat codes and he looked at the first GTA codes and they're like just a bunch of cuss words. So to like, <laughs> so like the sixth graders were just like, we gotta play this game. Like this password is, or cheat code is bitch. Like. <laughs> this one's like motherfucker or what, whatever they were. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was just like, we were like, oh my God, we got to play this. And like, that's what it was the, like over the top, uh, perspective.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Those are great. Um, GTA three. So when, when I first got the PS two, I guess like, I think my dad got it for me. Uh, cause like my parents, like my parents split when I was younger. So it was just like, I had I had video games at his house and I didn't have them at my mom's house so I just had to like find other ways to entertain myself um which is why I guess like I don't have as deep a video game connection as other people do um he didn't get me a memory card and I didn't have a job I was whatever like 14 or 15 at the time so I remember I played GTA 3 and I like almost beat the game but it was just cuz I had nothing to do that day but I didn't have a memory card and then like I did some cheat code where you get like tanks that drop from the sky basically and you could drive the tank around and my car i like I, I left the tank in a weird spot and i went to drive between the tank and like another car and my car got stuck and i couldn't get out of it so i just had to like shut the game off like i couldn't even continue on beating the game even without a memory card because like i just couldn't do anything about it so that was like uh that was a harsh reality to a to a, a child such as myself like literally just couldn't get out of the car. I was like, all right, um, I guess I'll go do something else with my day because I am miserable right
1: now. <laughs> when I first got my PlayStation Two, this was like when it was hard to get. I think it was what was it? Uh, my parents told me like we wanted we wanted to get it for your birth for Christmas, but like they're just hard to get. But I ended up getting it for my birthday, and that was also at the time like memory cards were yeah. imp- impossible to find so like anything that i was playing i couldn't save if it if it had the memory card feature but that time like almost everything was memory card um i started playing know your role or just where it was know your role just bring it
0: see i always forgot i just call it smackdown for um um
1: the, the one with the rock on the cover um yeah with it being <laughs> not, but before brock Lesnar. Um, I was doing like unlocking all this stuff, and I was like, "Okay, I'll just keep it running." And as soon as I get a memory card, you know, put it in, save it, and everything will be good. Um, The first memory card I could find was like an off-brand memory card, (laughs) but this is what you had to do to get it to work. You had to put in a disk first to get it to get it to recognize the memory card. Like it wasn't just like, "Oh, it's just cheap." No, it's you had to put in this disk first. So only way for me to save my file was to turn off the PlayStation and put in this disc and then everything. I had to like start over. I remember being like, fuck. (laughs) Well, at this point, there was no other option. I don't even know how long it took for real uh, memory cards to get out there because it was just one of those things. Everybody was buying them. Yeah. Or they weren't putting out enough. I can't remember what it was. I was too young to care. I just knew I wanted it, couldn't get it.
0: I had to go to some like off-brand uh like video rental store to get my first PS2 memory card. I just happened to have money that week and I went and I was I just like I guess I I like I understood how money worked, but I just never had enough of it for it to really be like a factor in my life. So I was just like hey, uh, I just like threw like a 20 or a 10 or whatever. I was like, is this enough for that? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, all right, okay, I'll see you later. And they're like, oh, no, take your change. And I'm like, I'm, I'm an idiot. I just want to go play games. <laughs> Goodbye. So, kind of similar to how I am now, but I've grown up a little bit, I guess. I don't know.
1: <laughs> all right. Question number six that I tailor around my guest. And that's for you. What's been some of your favorite beers that, You've drank on off the hop rope because some people don't. If you didn't know what was CPA, now Nick Stapp before his AIW bookings and before off the hop rope, he wasn't really much of a craft beer drinker.
0: No, my my only exposure to craft beer was like the all like the founders all day, which is okay. But like you know, it's 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 fine. It's a good intro. Um, um i had had lagunitas at some bar in the city that i think the singer from fallout boy owned that eventually got shut down because they were serving underage people um they had lagunitas there so that was like my other exposure to craft beer if you could call it craft beer um it's always the same answers but i like them so much um i guess i'll, I'll just whatever comes to mind uh the first episode we did blood of the unicorn uh, I think that's Ironworks, Ironworks in Chicago. That was my favorite for a while. I still like it a lot. Um, the uh, Insidious Double Lollipop Forest is definitely my favorite so far. Um, honestly, uh, Sweet Baby Jesus is like in my top five already. Just wow. my first sip, I was like, I'm gonna finish these tonight. Like I had the whole six pack to myself. I was like, I'm gonna finish these tonight, and I certainly did because it was, it was just. I knew it was going to be good, but I didn't realize just how good it was going to be because I was telling you like it has like kind of a not not coconut, but it just it just has like an extra taste to it besides chocolate and peanut butter. And that's what made it so good. Um, There's another one we had recently that it was a dream team was really good. I forget who brews it. I should probably know because it was like a month and a half ago. But dream team was really, really good. Um, There's there's a lot. There's been a lot of really good ones. I can't really like. Christmas Ale is great. I don't know. I guess that's a craft beer technically. I'm not really sure if that falls under a category. Um,
1: can we can we phone Troy real quick and ask him? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, because then he'll he'll probably <laughs> yell at me because I don't remember who made Dream Team. Um, and um, Mad Elf is re- – I really, really like Mad Elf. I mean mostly because it's 11%, but it's really good. So, yeah, there's other ones, but – there's like the few that really stick out to me that like the first sip, I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is this is going in the five, this is going in the top five, like right away. Like I usually know on the first sip that it's gonna be one of my favorites, and you can usually audibly hear me go, mm-hmm, like a <laughs> fucking weirdo, but this is how I choose to express things in my age. Uh, Lone Pine Brewing. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, we okay. We picked it up. Yeah. Oh, that was great. That was really good.
1: I want to try the the milkshake, beer.
0: I remember remember it being good, but I can't like, you know how you can kind of like remember like you have like a like a memory like a palate memory almost. I don't have that right now. Like I can't picture what it tasted like.
1: I think that was the one that Mark was uh, fawning over on the last week's episode, or like yes. a, where something got mentioned like oh like if you could repair a beer or, uh, and a match, like what would you repair it with? And I think I remember him mentioning that beer and I'm like, mm, yeah, I remember listening to that one and going, Ooh, I want to, I want to find you. This sounds really interesting.
0: It was interesting. Again, I can't like, for some reason I can't like, again, I, however you would express it, I can't picture how it tastes and where like with other beers, I kind of can like immediately. I just like, I don't, I don't have like, it was a long time. That, that was like one of our first episodes, I think. But yeah, there's certain beers that just kind of like cling to my my tongue's brain, I guess, if that makes any sense. And that's like not one of them for some reason. Even though it did, it did taste unique. I just can't remember.
1: All right, man. Any uh, final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go?
0: Uh, at NickStapOK okay. On the internet, um, I have a Patreon now, now where I do watch-alongs of my old matches, and I occasionally. If I'm if I take a picture of myself after a workout and I like it it goes up and' up on patreon if I don't then sorry um, I'm also working on other stuff uh, you know I've just been pumping out as much content as possible on Twitter because there's literally nothing else to do do um, you can find me as we've spoken about at uh, off the hopper podcast we drop every Thursday it used to be at 4 p.m. now it is usually around 11 or 12 because again nobody has anything to do so you might as well listen to us. Uh, when presumably a lot of you are first waking up around 12 or 1 in the afternoon if if my if the people I've been following on the internet any indication you guys are you guys are drinking a lot and sleeping very late so listen to our podcast off the hop rope we're off the hop rope on everything um, and yeah that's pretty much it just trying to stay busy trying to stay on the radar as some people say um yeah that's pretty much it just trying to trying to stay try to stay uh stay decent i guess
1: i think that's one of the the weird benefits that i've enjoyed of uh all this quarantine stuff because i'm i'm still working so i'm still like listening to podcasts while while working and now instead of like waiting till five or was it five or four i always forget whether it's five or four
0: it was usually four
1: that's what i thought four um instead of just like sitting around like having to wait like till that time of the day like i've there's been times where i'm listening to a podcast and then once it hits four like i'm hitting stop and i'm going to go like refresh my feed so i can like listen to it immediately but now it's like oh it's noon oh here's the podcast great this is perfect (laughs) i get to listen to it early and then enjoy it so yeah it's like i said it's become one of my my favorite shows and so so thankful you sold it on me it's been a absolutely fun being able to participate too fun thing (laughs) Like when you do the – when you guys do the question and answer uh, episodes, like there's always such a space of when those episodes uh, get released from when like I ask questions. So whenever my question comes up, I go, oh, great. I forget what did I ask. Remind (laughs) me.
0: (laughs) I think especially nowadays like we've had – because we haven't really been like together. So it's like kind of – everything's like kind of the seat of our pants as far as like planning right now. So we'll say, oh, we'll do question and answer, but then, like, we'll go on forever with, like, talking about the nothing that we're doing. So I don't know why we're talking so long. Um, and then we'll just be like, ah, we'll do it next week. And then I'll have to, like, go to my phone, screenshot all the all the questions, and then hope that I don't delete them between now and whenever we answer them.
1: Uh, one question I should have asked you was, like, how how old are you when you're 14? What do you mean? <laughs> that's a uh, oh yeah <laughs> that's a smart mark quote
0: yes 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 it's, you said it and i was like what and then I, I i picture yeah oh man yeah it uh, one thing i can say is uh when you're when you're doing two things that you enjoy doing and you have other pe- people kind of like feeding your stimulation so to speak weird shit gets said and i think one of my favorite quotes is it was uh <laughs> it was a savio and gold dust match of course and i think gold dust got crotched on the top rope and troy just goes look at that crotch <laughs> and we just died we, we uh we were just rolling rolling around in our own sticky pants just pissing ourselves just like look at that crotch but yeah a lot of weird shit gets said but uh it's enjoyable and we're all overstimulated especially right now because we have like no contact with the outside world. So expect more quotables in the next few weeks. I'm sure I think we're recording tomorrow. So I'll try to I'll try to keep things spicy so we can get some more. How old are you when you're 14? <laughs>
1: <I just laughs> Cause I, I think uh, I, I listened to that episode that might, that might've been the Savio gold dust episode.
0: I think so. Because I think so, now that you mention it. Yeah.
1: Because I was, One of the, I was doing the um, watch along with it. I heard that, laughed my ass off. And then I think I go on Instagram. It's like, oh, we have like questions, like ask us questions. So I just threw out like a bunch of like show references. Uh, What's on Dick has been one of my newer favorites. (laughs) Uh, And then like when you're 14, or how old are you when you're 14?
0: How old are you when you're 14? (laughs) Uh, It's also fun that we're all like, I think Mark is like a few years older than me. Troy is a few years younger than me. So we all have like fun, like age, like literally, we could watch like if our next match was like George Hackenschmidt against Carl Gotch. If there was a guy standing at ringside, I will say, "Oh, that's Mark. He was doing extra work that night." Like it's just, it's it's such a fun, it's a fun, it's a fun group of memes that we have created for ourselves.
1: All right, Um, you can find myself at heavyset330, much like you can find this show at WrestlingCheers. Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers. Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers at Instagram.com slash Cheers. Email, if you so choose, is Cheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at watermaneuver.net Like I said, please rate, review, and subscribe. You're ever listening this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.podbean.com. Com. Check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Your Vision Showcase, and Wrestling With Altitude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Let the Hate Flow Through You, Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, Kick Out It Too, The Wrestling Nerds Radio Network featuring the IndieCast and This Makes No Sense, Center of the Universe, Sobros Network, The Co-Host Wrestling Show, Spotlight Series, Not Ready for Primetime Wrestling, and at odds with wrestling check out our other non-podcast friends such as thrift store jobber the savage dash mouse's wrestling adventures sickening Pictures, good company stay tough Smoke and jay's barbecue wrestle void midwest territory southern underground pro and the official graphic designer of wrestling cheers Moy boy designs that will do it for us here on wrestling cheers where everybody knows your name and we also know what's on tap
0: I have no idea how you host guys and rattle off all these names, but I commend all of you. Thank you for having me on. <laughs>
1: Thank you.
0: Taking your in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries
1: sure would help a lot. What do you like? You got a Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name And we're all these like you came You're the fake, what you can say, rules are all the same You're a fan, boy, you say, the fake, what everybody knows your name yeah. this
0: is wrestling chairs we like to talk about things going on underneath the fuck <laughs>